Good morning. This is the Blaine's World podcast that can be found each week on Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn. You can also listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You get more information and listen to previous shows on our website, which is www.blainsworld.net. I'm your host, Blaine Greenfield. I'm here in my Zoom studio in lovely downtown Fairview, North Carolina. Um, each week, we focus on positive news and information about people and organizations in both Western North Carolina and throughout the country. And to that end, it's my pleasure to introduce two of my friends, and they are Mike Martinelli and Edwin Arnaden. And you guys can wave to all your fans and friends who might be watching this. Okay, and that's Mike and Edwin. <laughs> and um, they're both um, film critics of note. Edwin, uh, I followed the last several years, is um, uh, not only with uh, Mountain Express, he writes articles for them as well, but you also have write your own, I guess, site that people can read your reviews, Edwin? Yes, at uh, AshevilleMovies.com. Okay, and just a, a terrific site if you want to read what's happening in movies, and we'll talk a little bit about that at the end, Edwin, but thank you for running that site. And Mike is um, the guy I go to um, in terms of if I want recommendations on movies, not only movies, on shows, on TV shows. He's one of the more knowledgeable guys I know about all these different topics. And the great thing about Mike Edwin, I don't know if you know this, but even if you don't want to know his opinion, you're going to get it anyway. You know, so Mike will tell you yep. opinion. And the great <laughs> thing about the two of you guys, I love it. And we saw this at lunch the other day, is that I gather you agree on some things, but you don't agree on all things. Would you say that's true? For sure. Okay. Yeah, but we're kind of like the modern day Siskel and Ebert. Okay. Mm -hmm. But but isn't that one of the great things about movies that you know exactly? <laughs> but you can have different opinions on movies. And they're not necessarily right or wrong. They're just opinions. And I especially am grateful for you two guys being with me tonight. And this I have to give Mike credit for. It, it was his idea. But he said, we're doing this right before the Oscars. And the Oscars are coming up with this coming Sunday? Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay, great. And so we did this a couple of years ago with Mike. And I'm going to repeat it. But Edwin, you're now part of this uh, this year. We're going to give our kind of local view of the Oscar races. And I guess in, in no particular order, but Mike, I'll defer to your recommendation that you said rather we'll kind of wait for the, the big films at the end or the big awards. <laughs> I love your idea. Let's start at the other awards. I have to ask you, Mike, out of all the films, do you know how many total films are nominated in all the categories? Do you have a ballpark idea? Or Edwin, uh, do you know? I know there's 10 in Best Picture. Yeah, I'm saying if you look at all the categories, how many films would you say? Ballpark, Edwin? 40? 30 40, to 40. 30 okay. to 40, probably, yeah. And the incredible thing about you, and, and Mike's close second, out of 30 to 40 films, you've seen a lot of them. Would you say that's true? Um, I think all but five, if we're counting original song, because there's one in there that a movie I've never even heard of. But <laughs> otherwise, yeah, it just kind of comes down to some documentary, animated, and foreign films that you know we have kind of suspect access to at this point. And even the original song, I'm anxious to see the film. I don't know if you saw it on my blog this week, Mike, but it's uh, from a foreign film, right? I think an Indian film. Mm -hmm. And that's now on um, Netflix, I think, right? What, what's the name of that film? RRR. Yeah. Have you seen it yet? I oh, haven't, yeah. but I, I actually went in and watched all the music videos and the song for that movie is absolutely awesome. Is it? And, and you actually saw the film, Edwin? 
Oh yeah, it's um it's a three hour Indian film, so I don't expect Mike to see it because of the subtitles and oh, and the fr fr frantic action. But yeah, I'm I'm glad you saw the song because that's it's an amazing dance number, and there's a lot of other just crazy action set pieces in there. So if you can kind of <laughs> cut 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 through the subtitles and just like see the highlights, I think you'll have a good time with it. But it's just just exaggerated crazy action movie i i hope i get to see it in theaters because it's coming back to theaters pretty soon i think and uh it's a little bit better than seeing it in your living room there was a lot of controversy that india did not submit that yes. for best picture for international feature they submitted another film right so uh a lot of people were really upset that this film did not make the the final cut but it was india's choice not to submit it right yeah. let me ask you both a question talking about subtitles and do you have a preference now? Because with Netflix, now, when I was a kid, Edwin, it used to be, I'd only want to see film with subtitles, you know. But now I've kind of gone back. I'd prefer dubbed. Um, it seems more of a trend, especially with Netflix, that most of the films are being dubbed. Are you seeing that, Mike? I am. I've noticed that there's a uh, dub version of All Quiet on the Western Front, which okay. I've not seen yet, but I know they have a dub version. And I guess Edwin, as a purist, you prefer the the the, uh, the original version with the original language. I do. There's some um, foreign Japanese animated films from Studio Ghibli that usually, um, like the Hayao Miyazaki films, they usually get some really good um, U.S. or British actors to do those dub versions. So those are kind of on their on their own level. But um, yeah, just with this Netflix just pushing things out into the world, they're getting actors from all over the the globe to go dub these versions so now you've got i don't know you know you, if you stay through the end of the netflix credits you see something like 20 countries reckon recognized at the end and they've cast actors from all those countries so you can see it you know regardless of where you are which is pretty exciting but yeah i'm i'm i definitely prefer the original um if i can if i can get it and the incredible thing you just pointed out with the netflix films is the dubbing, I think, is good, if not very good. You know, I, I realize you said they have, so they hire pretty big talent to do this? Well, um, I can't speak to who Netflix hires, right. um, but I would I would think that they would do their homework just because so many people are going to be listening to it. So if they pick some people that aren't so great about it, then, uh, you know, they're going to they're gonna hear some, some angry viewers. Okay. And we digress, but I'll, I'll go back to... Um, Mike's uh, recommendation. So of the whole list of films, <laughs> I'll, I'll start at the very bottom of, I guess, my list, Mike. And the all-important thing that everybody's battling for, makeup and hairstyling, okay? <laughs> and um, and it's, it's interesting. I see the two of you have kind of interesting contrast, you know, hair, hair your hair, and then you have me with, with the bald look. But um, hair, makeup and hairstyling, I guess I'll start off with Mike. Do you have a recommendation or a... Uh, a choice on that yeah i think that uh it's going to go to elvis i think his hairstyle and the makeup and how they made him look like elvis is uh really gonna do well and it actually won the uh award the guild award for best makeup and hairstyling and edwin same question you have a choice um i agree with mike yeah i think um it's that kind of classic biopic period piece that kind of calls for um you know styles from a different time and they 
um, you know, what, whatever you think of Elvis, if you love it or hate it, I think you, we can all agree that the makeup and hairstyle is one of its best parts. So it seems like a no brainer to me. Okay. I'll talk more about Elvis, but I'd rather hold on it until some other um, discussion, but I think a fun film to watch production design. Let me ask you, Edwin, uh, I don't even know what exactly is production design. Um, it's the the sets and the the props and so it's kind of everything that the actors interact with and um sometimes there's i guess there's some debate mike can speak to this maybe of special effects being part of production design because there is a lot of thought put into some of these um something like avatar you know which is nominated in this category it's um you know, that was all done on green screens. Basically there, there's not hardly any um, tangible item there. Whereas something like all quiet on the Western front or Babylon, everything is um, something that the actors could touch. So it's, there's varying degrees of it, but it's, it's just basically kind of what surrounds the, the actors and all that is done by the production designer. It's all very intentional. It's, it's like going to see a play at Fr- flat Rock playhouse and you're like, okay, well, who, who chose the, um, the art that's on the wall, who chose this vase that's on the table, who chose the table. That, that, that's all production design. You have a choice on that category? Um, I think it's going to be Babylon that wins. I think um, it's it's kind of been sweeping the the guilds as far as I can tell. And there's a lot of attention to detail. And that, that's another one kind of like Elvis, where it's just this chaotic music filled movie. And um, one thing that I think even the people that hate it can agree on is that there was a lot of attention to detail. So yeah, Babylon for sure. Mike, your choice. I second that. I didn't see Babylon yet and I hadn't seen three of those films, but I kind of went and looked at snippets on YouTube and I agree. Babylon has the best production sign and the sets and everything that they did. And that's one um, I have to say, I I can't even give an intelligent opinion on because I know, for example, I, I refuse to see um, Avatar. You know, I just I don't want to see it. I didn't like the first one, you know, and, and saying this is the first one, but saying your film, people can miss it, Edwin? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> there's just, um, they're not they're not even really movies. They're just a showcase for technology. It's just, you know, James Cameron's just showing off his digital toys, basically, and he's just telling terrible um <laughs> narratives that so there's 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 nobody to care about it's just three hours of just sitting and watching eye candy and so that some people loved it i mean obviously it's made what a, a billion dollars or, <laughs> or two billion dollars i don't even know at this point so it's connecting with some people but af- after this one i'm not gonna watch any more of the avatar <laughs> movies this was it for me it was well, very liberating well, <laughs> and a little tidbit for you blaine Please. originally production design was called art direction they changed the category maybe 10 years ago, but it used to be art direction. And, and my thinking was I hated the first one. It was too long. And this yep. is the first one plus it's longer than the first one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's about the same. I mean, it's pe- people are asking me, I think maybe even Mike too, saying like, oh, you know, should I see it? Um in 2d you know i I don't like 3d i hate wearing the glasses like no the only reason you would see this would be to see the special effects and even then it's kind of mind-numbing after a while and you know it's perfect segue into the next category and also can be mind-numbing is sound and we'll talk about sound and mike your choice in sound uh 
Probably all quiet on the Western Front. The Academy generally nominates and awards sound to uh, either a war movie or a musical. There really wasn't a musical this year. And it's actually used to be two categories. It used to be sound mixing and sound editing. And two years ago, they combined it into one category. But I think it's going to be all quiet on the Western Front. Edwin, your call? Um, we're in lockstep so far. Yeah, I think um, it's... All Quiet just has so many nominations, I think nine total or maybe 11. I'm trying to remember. But um, I would say Top Gun Maverick is the closest uh, in competition, perhaps. I think there's some speculation that it's going to do well in the technical categories, but it just didn't get some of the nominees n nominations that All Quiet did. And so I think um, it's going to you know, be an also ran this time. And yeah, All, all, all Quiet for Sound. It's funny you talk about sound because I liked Top Gun. My wife didn't, and her initial reaction was it was too loud, you know. So, <laughs> it's a, I guess some of the film was loud, but that was definitely a loud film, you know. So, uh, interesting one. Here's one again. Um, I haven't seen all the films, but film editing. Um, Edwin, your choice on that. Let's see. Film editing. Um... I'm going with everything everywhere all at once. I think um, sometimes in this category, they reward uh, most editing <laughs> instead of necessarily best <laughs> editing. But, um, you know, this is a film that I'm sure we'll get into more later, but it's one that I like, but it, it is one that is just is chopping between all these different multiverses. So there is a lot of craft involved in putting all of these different scenes together so that it makes sense. And um you know, as much as I like Tar, which is also nominated in this category, and um, I think even Elvis is very good at editing too. It's putting together quite a bit of different. You know, it's it's a Baz Luhrmann film, so you're you're going to be dealing with a lot of different visuals. But um, I I do think that Paul Rogers' work on Everything Everywhere All at Once is just um, a step above the rest. I mean, it was a unique challenge. I think he rose to the occasion. Mike, you're cool. You know, I agree. I think it's a two-way race. I think it's between everything, everywhere, all at once, and Elvis. But I really think, even though I hated the movie, everything, everywhere, all at once will win because the editing in the film was brilliant. You know, it's one of those movies that I did not like the movie, but there's great qualities about it like the editing and the acting is phenomenal and here's another film i saw the coming attractions and that was enough for me you know anything mike when you get into something i don't understand you know it's just it's, it's like almost mystical i'm out of you know it's just uh, yeah exactly I, I could pass on that edwin and here's here's another category i love it um in terms of uh i i can honestly say i have i have no idea of what it's about Live action short, you know, everybody's favorite category. I'm amazed. <laughs> well, you laugh next on Sunday night. I'm amazed they don't put that the last category for the night, you know. And now they are sending winning for a live action short. What? And I'll put Mike on the spot, even in terms of seeing them. Have you seen any of those? I've seen all of them except for an Irish goodbye. That's the only one that was not available to stream. Uh, actually, of the four that I saw, my favorite was the Red Suitcase. But what I think is going to win is uh, Le Pupel. It was very well done, but I honestly, if, if I had a vote and my choice would be the red suitcase. 
And Edwin, um, your choice on that? Um, I think it's going to come down to Le Pupel and an Irish goodbye. And I think an Irish goodbye is going to win. I think this is one of those categories that it's a little bit up in the air. It's not a sure thing like a, many of the other categories are. And um, Mike, I hope you get to see it because it is kind of this very uh, complete film. It's like 27 minutes, but it feels like uh, it tells a full story in, in that time span. And I also think that um, the other Irish nominees this year, which include The Quiet Girl and International Feature and The Banshees of Inisherin and I don't know, nine or 10 other categories. I don't think they're going to win anything. So I think this is a kind of the chance to reward Ireland for its filmmaking. And uh, I think the Academy is going to do that. And I think what it has in its favor over Le Pupel is the fact that it won BAFTA. <laughs> yeah. That, it won BAFTA some two weeks ago. So I think that that is going to play in the favor of it winning Oscar because there's a lot of the same voters. Except, you know, I was going to say, um, Le Pupel, though, has the advantage of being made by Alfonso Cuaron as a co-director, and it's available on Disney Plus, so people mm -hmm. have seen it. Mm -hmm. Whereas Irish Goodbye, like you said, you haven't seen it because it's mm -hmm. not available. So it's kind of like, well, you know, how do you factor that in? So I think it's going to yeah. be one of those two, for sure. Yeah, I have to give you both credit. You guys are the only ones I know who watch all, <laughs> like all these films, long and short. And Mike, sometimes I'll call Mike up and he can't speak to me because you're watching it on <laughs> Netflix or he's watching it right. on Amazon. You're so funny. Edwin, I called Mike the other day and we couldn't get together because he had to, he, that was the only time he could see a film. You know, he wanted to see it before the awards. And Mike, right. I have to give you credit. I have asked Edwin if he's the same too. Uh, but Mike is the only guy I know who watches every single awards show, you know, and not only that, he gets angry with the results, you know, he'll say you like the show, but he's really peeved at, at the results. Edwin, do you watch all the award shows? I used to for a long time. And then, and, and I, I would take it personally too, when my favorite <laughs> didn't win. And then I just got to a point, I, I remember it was the um, 2011 <laughs> Oscars and the nominees just were so different from what I thought should win, especially in Best Actor. I think there was um, Gary Oldman and Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy was the only nominee that I was like, yeah, that he deserves it because there were just so many others. And that was one of those times where I was like, well, I, I don't need them. You know, just because this is what the Oscars say doesn't mean that's how I feel. Like they don't have to be one and the same. And so that was kind of where I diverged. But I still I still love watching and I, I get invested and you know, I shout things at the television when I don't get my way and all that. So yeah, I can definitely understand. And I, I respect Mike's passion and drive. And um, I mean, it's, there's, there's a, a lot of fun watching the BAFTAs, watching the SAGs, watching the director's guilds, you know, it's just, um, it's, it's a good time. And, and you get to see a lot of fun people. And I think Mike's got a better understanding of this whole awards thing than I do, you know, and he, he watches, what gold derby and these other sites are doing throughout the year and kind of keeps track of it. And I'm, I'm more kind of playing catch up at the end and going by instincts. So it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of fun to have different styles. And, and I don't mean to insult Mike, but you know, sometimes he'll ask me, do I want his predictions on all these other award shows? And no, Mike, thanks. Let's just hold it for the Oscars. You know, but I'm telling <laughs> you, I don't know what you find them, Mike, but there must be 17 shows you're commenting on you know and, and like, he really gets invested like you said and he, he gets upset you know he loved the show but 
damn, you know, how come they, <laughs> they chose this one category? So I, I love your passion, Mike. It's it's the best. Really, the main ones that I watch are the Golden Globes, Critics' Choice, uh, SAG, and the Oscars. Well, listen, BAFTA uh, and DGA are usually not available to watch. watch. Well, isn't isn't there an international one too? The um, international film. That's program? BAFTA, oh, and that's okay. usually not available. Uh, the day that it's actually live, you have to maybe catch it on YouTube the day after. Now, the next category is interesting because I did see um, these films. And I'll ask you before we talk about the category, animated short, Edwin, I'll ask you to give a shout out, if I can, to two local theaters, because I think they both deserve credit. Um, I mean, the, all the theaters are great and they run lots of films, lots of chance to see them. But there are two independent theaters in the area. If you can just comment on them, because it's where I see a lot of these films. And uh, I'm talking about Fine Arts and, and um, The Grail. Could you comment about those two theaters, Edwin? Oh, they're just a tremendous asset to the community. And, uh, you know, fine arts has been a staple here since 94, I think is when they reopened as an arts theater. So, you know, they've been going a long time. That was formative to um, young Edwin as a as a budding cinephile in, in high school and, you know, coming home from college, um, whatnot. So they're they're a big part of my history. And then, yeah, the once the Grail Movie House came along, um yeah, a little, uh, I guess, yeah, right at six years ago, I think. Um, or no, no, coming up on seven years ago. I mean, they've really enhanced the scene, too, because they're willing to take risks. They've got more screens. They can show smaller movies. And so with with them and um, Asheville Brewing having two screens now and we've got our good big box theaters, we're a top 20 market in the country. And it's really nice to live in a small town, an arts-rich town, and have access to things that my colleagues in Chicago, New York, LA have access to. So yeah, it's, and it's because of those two theaters that we're so blessed. Now, let me ask you, you have a better feel for this than Mike would, but in terms of seeing um, films, I, I, I think I know your answer, but I'll ask it anyway, the preference to see it in a theater or you being a critic have access to sometimes films at home that we don't have access to preference in terms of where do you want to watch it? If I could watch everything in a theater, I would. I mean, even the, uh, you know, my my late mentor, Ken Hankey, and I would always say that we would rather see a Woody Allen film on the big screen than at home, even though it's, you know, his films are so dialogue heavy. And um, but there's still something that benefits from being in that environment and seeing it the way that the filmmakers wanted you to see it. They, they didn't design it for you to see it on your laptop or your phone or your TV, no matter how <laughs> good your TV is like they they designed it to be projected. So yeah, I'm, I guess I'm a, a fuddy-duddy purist on that too. Now I'll ask Mike the question as well, in terms of seeing a film, um, how about in terms of reaction of other people in the audience? Because oftentimes when I see a film, there aren't too many people in the audience. I'll see a matinee. But do you like seeing a film, Mike, when you see a film in a jam-packed theater or would you rather see it few people in theater or at home you have a preference i like seeing it in the theater i end up seeing it more at home because it always seems to work out that there'll be nothing that i want to see for like weeks and then all of a sudden everything will open on the same weekend and i can't get to see everything you know that's a perfect example of of this is the whale Right. I've not seen that film. 
Oscar week, it got nominated on Tuesday. By Friday, it was gone from local movie theaters and I never got to see it. And it's available for streaming, but for $20. So I prefer to support theaters if I can. And it, perfect uh, introduction to the next category because I did see these films in a local theater. I think I saw them at the Grail, but it was, um, and this was fun. I didn't think I'd like it, Edwin, but animated short. And there were some, I thought, really interesting films in that category. Yeah. Do you have a preference in there? Um, well, I, my my favorites of the bunch probably won't win, but they were Ice Merchants and An Ostrich Told Me the World is Fake. And I think I believe it. But I think the one that's going to win is my third favorite, which is The Boy, The Mole, The Fox, and The Horse. And Mike, you have a choice? Yeah, I, I the only one I didn't see was Ostrich because it's not was not available to stream anywhere. But I agree. I think the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse will win. It's a wonderful film with a great theme. It's a theme about different kinds of animals and society that get along that would not normally get along. It really expresses how to love one another when you're different. And I think that's it. And it's just beautifully done. Mm-hmm. I've told several people, if you don't have Apple TV, it's worth paying for one month to get it just to watch this film. The thing I can't wait to see, uh, Edwin, is um, on Oscars when they announce the the, the the films in that choice, you know, in that category <laughs> in particular. Can you imagine? But can you imagine if the one film and I'll put you on the spot, the one film I'm referring to is what? My year of beeps. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not beeps. And the funniest thing, Edward, I didn't get it. I'm watching the movie. Well, you can say it. The, the um, Mike's old enough to hear the word. It's my year of dicks. Dicks. And can you imagine <laughs> if that wins? <laughs> you know, it was so funny to hear the results the next night. But I couldn't believe it, Mike. I'm watching the I'm watching the the shorts, and then this was the fourth in the series. They have an announcement on the screen. Do you have any children with you? send them out of the theater, right? Which is is okay. But then they had one after that, which I didn't understand. You know, they should have made that the fifth film, you know, so people could just leave at that point in time. But that would be, wouldn't that be something if that film won? It would get um, a lot of notoriety. Uh, it was it, very interesting the morning of the announcements when yeah. uh, the guy that was doing the announcements read it and it was just, it was hilarious. <laughs> Go back on YouTube and try to pull it up because it was really funny. Yeah. And that's another thing. And when Michael called me up in the morning, the night before, are you going to be watching the announcements at 745? <laughs> you know, and I don't know about you, Edwin, I, I can wait, you know, to read about it. Mike, <laughs> you have to, you know, right. You watch them every year, don't you? Mm-hmm. And, and then Mike does a whole nother thing. I love it. He writes about it on Facebook. He comments about it. You know, he's happy with this, that. But this person was robbed, you know, and how come they didn't get it? I, I love your passion yeah. about it, Mike. It's the best. Um, but an interesting category. Costume design, fun category. You have a choice, Mike, in costume design. Elvis. Elvis. I think Elvis will win this. I think the costumes from Elvis Presley era were just wonderful. And it won the uh, Guild Award for costume design. Edwin? Agreed. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think there's some competition with Babylon or Black Panther, but yeah, I think Catherine Martin's won this category a few times, I think for, for Baz Luhrmann films. So that seems like a pretty easy choice. Um, I don't know if it got nominated in other categories, 
And I don't think it deserves winning in costume design. But Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris was a fun film. I enjoyed it. It is actually nominated in this category. No, but did it get nominated in any other categories? No, that was yeah. the only nomination it got was costume design. Did you see that, Edwin? Yeah, I wish I hadn't. Okay, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. Okay, cinematography. Um, Edwin, a, a recommendation in there. Um, yeah, this is the funny category because a lot of the front runners or perceived front runners weren't nominated like um, Top Gun Maverick. So this is another one that I think um, All Quiet on the Western Front is going to win. I think it's got so much support behind it with those other nominations. It's won the Guild stuff. But um, uh, I think I mean, there's I, I I would prefer it if bardo one i think this it's the only nomination that bardo got and it's a beautiful film empire of light's a beautiful film too um and and tar and so i don't know it's it's not my choice but i think it's i think all quiet is going to win tar looked interesting coming attractions but i haven't seen it and i heard a lot of negative things about it do you re recommend seeing it tar you have to kind of want the challenge it's just kind of if, if, if you want to wrestle with this kind of toxic um, celebrity for two and a half hours um, and something that's also kind of a ghost story at the same time, you know, it's uh, it's great. I mean, it was it's, it's in my top 10 for the year. I loved it. Um, we'll we'll get to it some more once we get to lead actress. But it's, um, you know, some some people that I thought would like it didn't like it. So it's not something I'm trying to shove down anybody's throat by any means. But um, but uh, yeah, I, I thought it was it was a very challenging film in, in a way that I as a viewer um, look forward to. So, yeah, for, for me, it was great. It was it was critic catnip, but I don't think it's, for every, <laughs> it's not for everybody. By I love means. it. Critic catnip. Mike, you're feeling on tar. Did you like it? I did not like it. I watched half of it one night and it was it dragged and i decided to try to finish it the next day and i got like 20 minutes into it and i says this is not going to work so <laughs> no it was it is in my top 10 of <laughs> least favorite films of last year and let me give you both a compliment and, and one of the things i love about both of you is that um aside from reading the stuff you write uh, I guess, Ed, when you get a lot and it gets get it from me and Mike does as well, that people will call you up and ask you for a recommendation. Yeah, I love it. I, I It's funny, you know, you'll be out at parties or just, you know, having supper with friends or family and they'll be like, well, you know, you you probably don't want to talk about this because you talk <laughs> about it all the time. I'm like, no, I love talking about movies. Let's talk about movies. Like, let's you know, just ask me anything. <laughs> and we can mention one other thing, too, that I've just become involved in and I like to you mentioned it, but if you like Edwin's thoughts on movies, and you will, um, what's another way to, to follow you in terms of stuff you write about on movies? Um, yeah, if you want to throw a few bucks um, my, my way and my um, co-writer James Rosario's way, we're at um, patreon.com slash Asheville movies. And that's a way that you can directly support our writing um you know keep us going to the movie theater support our website all that you know because uh we're just independent critics and we don't you know we've kind of made our own home and we're just kind of looking for our own fundraising so every every dollar's appreciated blaine and mike are you know we're very happy to have you as supporters and sounds like you're enjoying what you're getting so far and i hope that stays that way and one of the things yeah. i'm so grateful for i'll come to mike in a second 
but also that you're doing this because years ago, it used to be you'd read reviews in the local papers and you don't have that anymore. And what a shame. You know, I love Mountain Express did great reviews. Uh, Citizen Times did great reviews and they have, they're not there anymore. So if you want to read some good stuff, follow Edwin. But Mike, I'll also mention to you with Thoroughbone too, that um, if folks want to follow your thoughts and opinions on stuff, best is to follow you on Facebook or is there a way? Follow, follow me you? on Facebook. Yeah, I do all my stuff on Facebook uh, and it automatically goes to Instagram, but uh, it's, it's, everything's on Facebook. Okay. And again, if you want to read Mike's opinions, you won't agree with it all the time, but you'll know one of the great things, Mike, about yourself, you'll know pretty much where you stand, you know, very quickly. <laughs> Mike, Mike, you'll see is a man of a few opinions, I, I would say, but and not just if you read them on Facebook, not just about movies, but life. You'll 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 learn about Mike. Uh, so we talked about. Let's see. We did um, did cinematography. We we didn't do screenplay yet. Is that correct? Well, um, yeah. I, I, th I think we need uh, Mike's uh, prediction for cinematography. Oh, right? I'm sorry. Yeah, Mike, you're cool. Uh, yeah, I am gonna go with All Quiet on the Western Front for this one too. I think that. Uh, from what I saw, from what I, the clips that I looked at, it looked like the cinematography was done very well. And I think it won the Guild Award for cinematography too. The mm -hmm. Adapted screenplay, Mike. Adapted screenplay is uh, women talking. It won the WGA last night. And I think Sarah Pauly is going to win for this. I have not seen the film. I was going to watch it this week and we had a power outage. I didn't get to watch it yet, but I'm going to try to watch it before Sunday. Uh, Edwin? Yep, it's going to be women talking, I think, um, for a lot of the reasons that Mike said, but I, I have seen it. I saw it uh, at a film festival back in October and I was really taken with it. And it it felt like a stage play that was translated to the screen. Cause it was just, you know, it, it is what it says. It's women talking. It's about these women who are trying to decide if they want to leave an abusive um, commune that they live in. And you, you don't know if it's set in like 1750 or modern day. And um, yeah, it's, it's packed with great performances and big part of that is the writing. So yeah, I, I do hope Sarah Polly wins. I think she will. I'm debating that. It just doesn't look like what you call a real cheerful film to um, watch, you know, it's got it's it's got more um uh it's 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 a tough film but there there's a lot of humanity there i think you'll you'll find some more sunshine there than you're expecting a film in that category too maybe it's the only nomination it got but i was kind of disappointed with was uh glass onion did you see that edwin yep. what, what do you think of it I loved it. Um, I was not a huge fan of the first Knives Out. I thought it was fine. I thought it was just kind of a standard mystery. And right. I thought this one was a lot more entertaining. So I, I had a blast with it. I've seen it twice. Mike, you're cool on that film? I did not think it was that good. I didn't think the first one was that good either, but it was entertaining. You know, I thought the acting was really good in it, but I'm not quite sure why it got a screenplay nomination, but. That was, um, I, I, I uh, have a different opinion. I liked Edwin the first one more than the second one. I didn't get into the second one at all. But here's a um, an interesting category, or uh, one of the interesting categories, original screenplay. And again, uh, some I think the choices are make it tough to choose a winner. Who do you choose in that, Edwin? 
I'm pretty sure this is going to the Daniels for everything, everywhere, all at once. I think if it was going to win one prize for the night, it would be this. So th- this seems like it's its strongest chance. And But I think it's going to win a hell of a lot more than just this one category. Mike, you're cool. You know, I'm really torn. I There's three films that I think really deserve to win. Uh, I think The Fablemans was great. It's my favorite film of last year. Uh, I love Banshees of Inner Sharon. I think this would be the one category that they could honor Martin McDonough for this film. But I really think that everything, everywhere, all at once is going to win. Because even though I did not like the movie, the concept and the originality of the story is great. And the next category, I'm sorry, I didn't get to see the um, the films in, but it was the uh, documentary. And I usually love documentaries. Um, Mike, have you seen all the I have not. So I'm going to pass on this one great. to Edwin because I've not seen any of them. Me either. Edwin, so it's all yours. Uh, for documentary feature? Yeah. So I've seen all but two. I've not seen All That Breeze, which I know is on HBO right now. And I've not seen A House Made of Splinters, which is I have a link for. But I don't think either are going to be in the running. I think it's going to be uh, Navalny, which is also on HBO. It's about the Russian opposition leader um, that was running against Vladimir Putin. And then he was poisoned on a... Um, oh, yeah plane fight flight and so it's it's um they were uh kind of already filming him at that point and then he gets poisoned and then it's more about sort of trying to figure out who poisoned him and so it's just it's so cutting edge and i think with everything going on with ukraine and just you know global politics it's it seems like um it's got a really good shot and i think it's 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 one uh mike can correct me i think it's won some key um guild awards in these last couple of weeks and so it seems like there's some momentum going for navalny at this point it has and uh on the gold derby site with the uh experts and the editors they're mostly split with navalny and fire of love i will backtrack on what i said i did see half of fire with love All right. <laughs> and felt like it really dragged and it was like that was enough. Now, next category is one of my um, uh, one of my favorites, and I'll, I'll introduce it this way in a second. But we're talking about original song, and the reason I like that Edwin so much. We're in for a treat now. Now I've asked Mike to prepare his version of all the original songs, and Mike, you going to sing them for us? No, no, no. <laughs> not oh, tonight. Not, not tonight. Okay, some other time. But original song, Mike, do you have a choice? Yeah, I from the ones I watched, RRR, uh, Not To, Not To. I think it's a great song. The video was wonderful. Uh, the thing in this category that everybody was puzzled with was where the nomination came for applause from a movie that half the people never even heard of called Tell It Like a Woman. I think it got the nomination because for like, I think the 14th time, Diane Warren is nominated for best original song. She's not going to win again, but I think that's the only reason that's in there. Edwin, do you have a, a call on that one? Yeah, I think it's going to be not to not to. And I think 
uh, once they perform it on Sunday night, people will understand like why it's going to win. It's just so energetic, but um, it seems like, you know, there, there's some star power here. We've got um, Rihanna, you know, was, is, is part of the Black Panther team. Lady Gaga is part of the Top Gun team. Um, David Byrne from Talking Heads and Mitski are part of the Everything Everywhere All at Once team. So we're going to see some famous people. There's probably going to be somebody famous that performs um, the Diane Warren song too. But I think Not To Not To, I hope they do it justice live. But I think it's going to win either way. Now, is that a Bollywood number? Yes. Yeah. Okay, which which I love. So okay, I look forward to it. But and so, not to not to won the Golden Globe and Critics Choice both for original song. And so, but it's in, the song is in Indian also. Yep. Yeah. Okay, but I because I love Bollywood, you know, songs. So it should be fun. Music. The original score is always an interesting category. Uh, do you have a, a call on that, Mike? Uh original score. I'm probably going to go with. Babylon. I think it's a toss up between Babylon and All Quiet on the Western Front, but I think I'm going to go with Babylon. Edwin? Um, I agree it's a toss up, and I'm but I'm going to go with All Quiet. I think um, Justin Hurwitz won this category a couple years ago for La La Land, and you, if you know the La La Land score, you'll hear a lot of it in Babylon, which is kind of weird, uh, <laughs> and. Um, all quiet on the Western front is there's not much of a score. It's more just kind of this kind of like blade runner style synth sounds going on. It's like Hans Zimmer kind of jumped over um, to, to Germany for this. But uh, yeah, I think, I think the Academy is going to go with all quiet on this one too. I think they'll, they'll just give uh, production design for Babylon. The one I'm surprised on, I guess I shouldn't be is the fact that John Williams got nominated. I guess, they just put his name in every year and just put John Williams. But <laughs> it's funny, like Mike, I really enjoyed th the Fablelands, but sure. the music doesn't, I don't even recall any of the music, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, uh, you know, it's a whatever. So I was surprised that category. The um, visual effects, also an interesting category. Do you have a, um, a preference, Edwin? I'm pretty sure this is going to Avatar just because, <laughs> um, I don't know, that. Again, that's all this movie is. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, even though I think the other four nominees are are you know more notable achievements, I think I I would give it to the Batman. Just I think that was a very well done um, superhero film that took me by surprise almost a year ago. Like it, it, I think it came out last March, so it's just kind of amazing that it's still in the conversation, but. Yeah, this is gonna Avatar is gonna win an Oscar, unfortunately. <laughs> and Mike, I agree. I think it's gonna be Avatar. The one thing about this category that I don't understand is is why everything, everywhere, all at once right. was not nominated in this category. The visual effects in that movie are amazing. Oh yeah, but it did not get the nomination for some odd reason. And finally, this is a category that at least I know some of the films. I know some of the names. But now we can quote some of the more major um, uh, categories, I guess, if you will. Best Supporting Actress. Um, the, uh, do you have preferences or a, a prediction, Mike? Uh, I am going to uh, go with Terry uh, Condon from uh, Banshees of Inner Sharon. One, I thought she was amazing in that movie. 
Uh, two, she won BAFTA two weeks ago. Uh, there's a lot of sentiment for Angela Bassett and Jamie Lee Curtis, but I honestly think that the sentiment's going to cancel them out with each other. So I'm going to go with Kerry Condon. Edwin, your prediction? Uh, I think it's going to be Jamie Lee Curtis. I think it's going to be viewed as a career um, honor. Um, you know, she hasn't been in a lot of um, Oscar films in her career. And it's it's definitely been a while. And I think she's she's really good in this film. I, I prefer mm-hmm. Stephanie Sue, her her younger uh, co-star in the film. But I um, I will not be mad to see Oscar winner Jamie Lee Curtis as you know her um, marquee name from from now on. And the same thing too. Um, I haven't seen the film, but Angela Bassett is just such a magnificent actor. You know, I oh, just sure. lo- love her work. So I'd like to see her get something somewhere down the line. Original screenplay, uh, Mike, a call? Uh, original screenplay, I think that it is probably going to go to everything, everywhere, all at once. It was very original. And I think we did this already, didn't we? We did, yeah. Oh, we okay. did that already. It repeated. Sorry about that. Okay. I, okay. Get- I, I think the the minor one we didn't get to was um, short film documentary. Okay. Uh, we'll call it, Edwin, somehow it wasn't on my list. And then we also didn't do animated feature, but go ahead with the short right. film documentary, Edwin. Okay. Documentary short. Um I think it's going to be Stranger at the Gate. Um, it's a film that's got um, Malala as a, I think, executive producer. So there's some um, prestige there, and it's a it's a really interesting story. I don't want to spoil it, but it's um, it's kind of um, it's 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 a very tense story of this guy in Indiana who was um, planning to blow up a. Um, muslim um cultural center and you kind of can't believe what actually happened so uh yeah i I think that's i think that's the front runner right now mike did you see that i saw it i saw everything except how do you measure a year they were all good but my favorite was the elephant whispers it's a sweet story of an indian couple that raise these two baby elephants and it's it's actually also one of those Netflix films that's dubbed, which is really nice because mm-hmm. and it's just a very sweet, loving movie. Now another category I missed, guys. I'm sorry about this, but I didn't hit um best animated feature. I don't think we talked about that yet. Um and I know I got your opinion on that the other day, uh, Edwin, so I'll start off with you. <laughs> about uh, Pinocchio, you know, it, oh. it, it hit you. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't love Pinocchio. Um, <laughs> no, I, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other category, the others in that category, do you have a preference? Oh, gosh, I would, I would love to see Turning Red or Marcel the Shell with Shoes on Wind, but it's, it's going to be Pinocchio. It's been a clean sweep. I don't think it's lost in anything. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, trying to think of even like a, a fringe thing it's lost in and i don't get the appeal it's just the songs are corny the the kid drives <laughs> me off the wall uh, they they just shoehorn in this fascism subplot which i know is key to a lot of guillermo del toro films but it just feels so forced in here and it just, it just kind of made me realize i just 
I'm just not really fond of Pinocchio as a story overall. It kind of creeped me out as a kid, <laughs> but I thought I would grow out of that. And now I'm just, you know, watching two Pinocchio films this year. We had that live action one with Tom Hanks as, you know, crazy old Geppetto that's <laughs> the Robert Zemeckis did of all people. And so we had, we've had to endure two Pinocchios this year and oof, I don't know. I don't and get like it. You're, you're cool in that category. I've not seen any of them, okay. but I'm going to go with Pinocchio only because what, like what Edwin said, it's won everything that it's been nominated at. And I've heard very mixed things. I've heard more, negative things of people that didn't like it that liked it but i'm just going to go with pinocchio because it's won all the industry awards so far in perfect timing as we kind of are trying to wind down here a little bit we get into some of the quote more major categories and let me ask you edwin even in terms of the change what used to be best foreign film now they call it international film what was mm -hmm. the change uh why why was the change yeah um I don't know. I think it was just for more inclusivity. I think it was just um, instead of saying, oh, you're you're foreign, you know, you're uh, outside of the United States. So you're international, you know, you're just part of the world. So I think it was just more of a um, welcoming phrase. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. You have a recommendation, I guess, not even a, more a prediction. What, what do you think in that category? Um, I think this is uh, all quiet on the Western Front all the way. I think this is one of its sure things. But um, I do wish that the quiet girl from Ireland had a shot. I, that's going to open at the Fine Arts Theater in a in a week or two, and it's just it's it's just a devastating drama. It was you know I I don't cry at a lot of films, but I was I was in tears at the end of this one. It was well-earned and i think that other people in Asheville are gonna enjoy seeing this in a couple weeks let me ask you this um in terms of seeing the film again one of the reasons i love watching on netflix or amazon i am subtitles that film in the theater probably doesn't have subtitles i would imagine it does um oh, does it? okay good so it's um some of it's in english and some of it's in uh gaelic and so the the gaelic is subtitled so i'd say it's probably uh, 70% Gaelic and 30% English perhaps, but it's, it's pretty easy to understand okay. overall. Yeah. Mike, do you have a choice in that category? Uh, I haven't seen any of them, but the, everything that Edwin said about all quiet in the Western front, I agree. That's the one category that this film is guaranteed to win Sunday night. And so on that category, the one film I did, I saw all quiet, but I also saw close. I think I, mentioned to Edwin, I have kind of mixed feelings on, on that film, uh, but I love the, the main actors, just amazing. Sure. Yeah. You know, kid, what do you think about the film? Close. Uh, I really liked it once the plot kicked in. It was just kind of meandering for the first 20, 30 minutes. It felt kind of like a Terrence Malick knockoff <laughs> for, for a little bit. But um, yeah, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm pretty hard on child actors. I just think they are, there's too much that's asked of them and they can't handle the emotional uh, told that's often part of the script but i felt like yeah um both of the young leads the the one that we get to spend a lot of time with and the one that we get to spend not so much time with were um re really excellent i mean I've, I've seen everything in this category except for argentina 1985 which is on amazon and uh, I, I know a lot of people like eo which is known as that donkey film because it follows <laughs> this donkey from different owners and it's um 
it's well done. I think um, people at the Grail like really fell for it. I think if if the Grail took a survey from their uh, customers' favorite films of the last year, that would be in the top five. Best supporting actor, Mike. Talk a little bit about it. This is the one category that is a lock of all the acting. Everything else is really up in the air in the acting categories. But this one definitely is uh, the Asian guy, Ki-Hei Quinn, fun from uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. He's amazing in this movie. Uh, he, uh, what's really nice about him was he was a child actor for Steven Spielberg and he was in the Goonies, and I can't remember the other movie he was in, but he was in the in, in Indiana yeah. Jones, and the, that was his first film. Temple of Doom, yeah, his short, of Doom. short, short and, round. And <laughs> he kind of just disappeared. He wasn't getting called for anything, and when he got called for this film, uh, he didn't think he would get it. And I got to tell you, his acceptance speeches – on the award shows where he's won have been just wonderful. He's very emotional, very warm, and very, very loving. This is the one acting category that's a lock. Is this the also the guy who is also very, very old? Is that the one? Um, no. Th there's one actor up for and what he's won some stuff. He's like 96. Who it, He's in one of the films. He's in everything. Do you know who I'm talking about? There's one actor. Oh, James Hong. Hong, right. I think, yeah, he's he plays the grandfather in the film, yeah, right, yeah, and his right, right, 94, 96, whatever he's acting. Do you have a choice in that category, Edwin? Yeah, it's definitely gonna be um, short round, uh, for <laughs> everything ever all at once, and um, yeah, it's just it's been a pleasure watching him um, reunite with Spielberg like, on the on the red carpet and all this, and I think that's going to be one of the more emotionally rich speeches of the night. It's just mm -hmm. What a story. And I think it's very well deserved to. And I mean, this was a part that was originally meant for Jackie Chan. And then the Daniels oh. went in a different direction and kind of cast someone a little bit more, you know, kind of squeaky and with a different past. And wow, I think it really paid off. And the one I don't get in that co category, even though he's one of my favorite actors, was Judd Hirsch. You know, mm -hmm. he was he was good in the role, but it was like, what, 10 minutes? Five minutes, yeah. 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 You know, so I didn't get that, but. Great actor, but I don't see him winning it. Um, it's funny how they they put this now before the film, but the um, the best director, uh, who's your call on that, Mike? Me, I know Edwin and I are going to definitely disagree on this. Uh, I would love to see Spielberg win for the Fablemans because I think he did a brilliant job directing it. I also think it would be awesome because if they follow tradition, Jane Campion, who won last year for The Power of Dog, will probably give Best Director. And they were competitors two times. He won once, she won once. Mm -hmm. And it would be the highlight of the night if she gives Best Director and he wins. I and don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be the two guys from Everything Everywhere all at once. But the interesting thing about this category, and I don't ever remember this happening before, in the major awards, they've all had different winners for best director. Oh, really interesting. Mm -hmm. And now we'll see, forgetting other major awards, the most important opinion is, of course, on Blaine's World. And Edwin, your opinion on um, best director? Um, kind of a similar take to Mike. I mean, I think it's, you know, Spielberg directing 
his own story as a young filmmaker is just it's a once in a lifetime opportunity and it was even better than I expected. And I thought he just, it could have been so sappy. It could have been right. so modeling and it just wasn't. And I think he and Tony Kushner developed this amazing screenplay and then they just put together a cast and crew that could carry it out in a, in a emotionally rich and honest feeling way. So I would love if he wanted and it's, we're kind of been trained to, have a different winner for director and picture as Mike has said, but it does seem like just based on the guilds that the Daniels are going to win for everything everywhere all at once. I feel like they're going to have a lot of prizes elsewhere, screenplay, acting, whatnot. Um, you know, I, in, in a perfect world, that would be enough. And Spielberg is still, I mean, Spielberg, Spielberg hasn't won best director since, saving private Ryan in 1999 and and people act like he's gotten one every year it's kind of like the Meryl Streep syndrome where it's like oh hasn't she gotten enough it's like well no actually she hasn't gotten one since 1980 you know and and then when, when she finally got one again for um playing Margaret Thatcher I was like oh I guess it has been that long so it's a kind of a similar thing and Spielberg has done great work and he's had this amazing recent run with this and West Side Story and he's just he's he's on a run and he's still very youthful. He's still very active. So it kind of stinks that he's not probably not going to win for telling his story. You kind of want this Cameron Crowe, almost famous, like let's, let's honor the guys for like really passionately telling their story in a creative way. But I, I just don't see it going that way. And, and shout out if you can. And I, I, I know Mike, I think agrees with me on this too, about the film, but also uh, Edwin, about two of the um, performances in the film that have to be seen and they are talk about sporting actor at the very end. I think he, uh, <laughs> the guy, talk, talk about the guy at the end. Oh, about um, David Lynch popping up as right, John yeah. Ford. Yeah, which, which mm -hmm. I, I have, I, I put that down on my um, critics guild ballots as best supporting actor. I think I had him as like second or third because I was just so taken with his five minutes of humor. I almost stole the film, you know, just oh, great. Gosh. And what then a the perfect guy, ending. I was just pointing, Mike, I don't know how you feel, but the guy, uh, name's escaping me, but the guy who played the father, I thought was just so um, good. Paul Dano. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, he should have gotten the supporting actor nomination yeah. over Judd Hirsch. Judd Hirsch, oh, yeah. wow. for that one scene that he had was, it really was more of a sentimental nomination yeah. than anything yeah. else. Paul Dano, I thought was great in the whole film and disappointed. Uh, best actress, um, Mike, who do you have in the best actress category? Oh, Lord, I'm struggling with this one. <laughs> I really am. I'm torn because I loved Michelle Yeoh in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. She's been around for a long time. But I have to tell you, to me, the best performance was Andrea Riseborough to Leslie. The, that nomination that caused all that hysteria in Hollywood as to why she got the nomination. Her performance in that movie, in my opinion, was just absolutely amazing. You know, being in recovery, she plays, it is a true story of a woman in Texas who wins a lottery and loses everything that she won and her family and everything because she's an active alcoholic. And I think that she played an active alcoholic brilliant. And the Academy has not, as 
really honored people playing alcoholics in the past. Elizabeth Taylor, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf, Jack Lemmon, Days of Wine and Roses, Nicolas Cage, uh, leaving Las Vegas. So I don't know if there's an upset of the night. This may be it. Highly unlikely. But my second choice would be Michelle Yeoh. And Edwin, your call? Well, I, I like Mike's theory that Kate Blanchett and Michelle Yeoh are going to split the votes and then Andrea Riseborough is just going to shoot through <laughs> and take take the statue, which would be an incredible story. And just, you know, if if, if a film that didn't get a qualify, well, I, I guess I got a qualifying run, but it, it really didn't get any kind of push because there wasn't any money from this tiny, tiny studio that put it out. Like if, if, if that can win an Oscar is kind of like, wow, anything's possible, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to come down to Kate Blanchett, who I think gives the better performance, but she's won twice already. So I do think that Michelle Yeoh, who is given kind of, you know, as the title says, kind of 15 performances in one, and it's able to kind of meld together in this cohesive way. And it's kind of like with Jamie Lee Curtis It's just, she's had a, phenomenal career and even outside of the u.s film she's had like the you know she was a bond girl she was in crouching tiger she's been in some other films but she has this rich hong kong history with jackie chan and some other um you know kung, kung fu performers over the years so yeah i, I think it's going to be michelle yo and there was a similar scenario in 1994 uh with a movie called blue sky it was yeah. a film that was made that sat in Orion Pictures mm -hmm. in the vault because Orion Pictures filed bankruptcy. And when they finally got it out of bankruptcy, it was released just to L.A., New York and very limited theatrical release. I got to see it in Tampa, but it ended up winning Jessica Lange her second Oscar. So that's why I think Andrea could actually squeeze in there because it's a very similar mm -hmm. pattern of what happened with Blue Sky. Mike, you told me about the film. I'm just wondering, is that available anywhere yet? Leslie, it's on Amazon Prime for rental. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I draw the line, Edwin. You know, it's just, I won't pay for rental on Amazon Prime, but that's that's funny. <laughs> it's only on rental. Second to last category, best actor. Uh, Mike, if you would on that. Uh, I really think Austin Butler will win for Elvis. Uh he, you know, right now it's kind of split. He's won, he won Golden Globe and he won BAFTA. Brendan Fraser won Critics' Choice and SAG. Uh, I think it's a toss-up between the two of them. It was a three-way race at one point with Colin Farrell, but I think he's out of the picture. I do think that in the end they're going to honor Austin Butler. One, because I thought he was amazing portraying Elvis. And I also think that, you know, Hollywood and the Academy, I think, loved Elvis. And I think they're going to want to honor him somehow. And there may also be some sentiment for his daughter who passed away, Lisa Marie. Edwin, your opinion? Um, I think this is Brendan Fraser's category. And I think it's kind of similar to some of these other, um, act actually, I guess all four actors that I think are going to win are kind of career achievement awards. And I think um with a lot of them there's kind of this comeback story and you know brendan fraser has not been in anything of note until recently uh for about i don't know 10 years or so and um and i think he's tremendous in the whale i think that that was a film that was really 
touted even before it came out because it's like oh wow we're gonna get to see brendan fraser in a starring role you know with you know this um um you know prosthetic fat suit on and like you know there's just all this buzz around it and i think the actual performance that you get is way different from whatever you imagine i think it's way more tragic and heartfelt and well-earned and i think the the last five minutes that, that was another film from this past year that left me in tears and several other people that i know uh were were moved by it that way too so i i think austin butler he's he's very good it's it's a star making role it's the best part of elvis but he's very young he's got a long career ahead of him brendan fraser it's kind of like is he going to get another shot so i think the academy is going to say okay let's let's give fraser the oscar while we still can and i think butler 10 15 years i think he'll be back in this category um maybe a few times i loved mike's reaction that um after they announced that um i guess fraser won something mike was cursing he was all upset you know i said how come butler didn't win it I said, Mike, did you? He hadn't yet seen the Frasier film. You know, I said, how can you, you know, be upset if you haven't seen the film? The one other guy in that category, I just love him, almost a career award. Uh, help me the pronunciation of it. His last name, Nige. Is that how you pronounce it? Um, no, no, not he, not, but Nige, Nige. Excuse me. Yeah. Just love him in anything oh, yeah. he's in. Did you see that film, Mike? I did not. It's okay. not available to stream, and it was another one that is not playing in town. Yeah. Did you see it, Edwin? I did, yeah. Um, it kind of made its way through the fine arts and grail right. kind of quickly, I think. But yeah, it's it, it's a remake of um, Ikiru, the um, Akira Kurosawa film about this bureaucrat who kind of discovers um, the the joy of life kind of a little too late, and it's 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 just a very touching film so I, I highly recommend that one and see that one mike if you get a chance i think you'll love it <clears throat> and the last category of course drum roll is um best picture and mike's been promising me something he wanted to discuss <laughs> a little bit before we talk about the choice yeah about... i'm gonna do some screen shares okay, um, let me... you know in 2010 the oscars went with a preferential ballot and it's uh it is uh you have to enable it says the screen shares are disabled I, I show it on my end. You're allowed to. There it goes. Okay. okay, great. Okay. Here is what I got several years back. And it explains about the preferential ballot. Actually, PGA, the Producers Guild, uses this same kind of a ballot. Voters are asked to rank the best picture nominees in order of their preference. If one nominee garners more than 50% of the first place votes, it will win best picture. If, as is more likely, no nominee reaches this threshold, the film with the fewest first place vote is eliminated and its ballots begin reappropriated to the second place choice. Should no film cross the required 50% plus one ballot threshold, the film with the fewest first place votes is again eliminated. And this kind of explains how that's a really long, complicated process. And it's actually one of the big reasons why we do see a lot of splits between best director and best picture. I mean, since they've gone with this preferential ballot, they have had more splits uh, than they did in any other year. Okay. And, and Edwin, do you have anything to say on that? Um. Yeah, I, I think I think for so long we were accustomed to 
picture and director being the the same film i mean it was just so long every once in a while you'd have what was it a driving miss daisy and um Born on the Fourth of uh, all, July. Yeah, all, Oliver Stone winning or um, Shakespeare in Love winning Best Picture and Spielberg Best Director. But for many, many years, you could kind of count on it being the same. And that's another thing that Ken Hankey would always say. He's like, how how can the, <laughs> the best picture not also be the best directed picture? And I was like, yeah, you know, you got a really good point there. And so I've kind of wafted in and out like every every few years. I'm like, oh it's so great having this variety. And then every other, you know, three or four years, I'm thinking, Oh no, we need, we need consistency. <laughs> so, yeah. Best so, picture Mike, director have only matched up twice since 2015. Interesting. Take that down, Mike. Let me just get back to the regular. Um, you can point. There you go. Okay. Thanks. So Ren a little long here, like the cat, like the Oscars do, but um, <laughs> choice, uh, Edwin, your choice on best film. Yeah, but nobody got slapped, so it's okay. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> Your choice. Uh, all right, best picture. Um, there's a lot of good choices here, several from my top 10. Um, I do think it comes down to the Fablemans and everything everywhere all at once. Um, as much as I would like to see the Fablemans win, I, I do think it's going to be everything everywhere all at once. I think this is going to be one of those kind of uh, I, I think it's well deserved. I, I think it will be kind of this uh, hip hip choice, kind of like a Silence of the Lambs or Parasite type of choice, where um, you know the people that like to celebrate those kind of choices. I'm and I'm 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 one of them. As much as I like the Fablemans, you know, it's kind of nice to see these curveballs come in. I think it kind of keeps things fresh and unexpected, and especially after the last couple of years. Um, you know, Coda was a good movie, but you know, not not amazing. I guess it wasn't in my top twenty-five. I don't think. And then um, Nomadland the year before that. It seems like maybe five people saw that, and uh, <laughs> so it was kind of hard to go with that. But I I, I do think that, you know this is a film that came out last March, I think, and it's been able to sustain momentum this whole time and a pretty active campaign from a24 so um i think it's going to win probably more awards than it needs I, I wish it was spread out a little bit more i think there's some other great films from this year that might go home empty-handed fablemans um probably at the top of the list i think it's going to suffer the the irishman curse and not not get anything but um yeah I'm, I'm putting my money on on the daniels how about you mike i am gonna i'm uh, <clears throat> gonna share one more quick screen i did my ballot like I would have voted in the okay. Oscars. Uh, I'm actually going to go out on a limb and I'm going to go with the Fablement. I've got everything everywhere all at once down at five. Mm -hmm. uh, but if I was voting an Oscar, this is how I would do on my preferential ballots. I think one of the worst films that got nominated this year and it got a nomination for Best Picture and Best Director was Triangle of Sadness. It was not a good film. I did not see Avatar or All Quiet on the Western Front, and I'm hoping to see Women Talk. And I'm going to correct something I said before. There was four times since 2015 that Best Picture and Director matched up. I forgot about two of them. And as we were talking, it's like, oh, yeah, Nomad Land and Paris right. matched up. I forgot about them. 
Okay. Hey guys, as we wind down again, Edwin, thanks for staying with me because we ran a little longer than we, well, again, like the Oscars will be um, right. run longer. Uh, if folks want to get in touch with you, and I recommend they do, specifically if they want to see your reviews on a regular basis, um, what's best bet, Edwin? Yeah, head over to AshevilleMovies.com. Okay. But also, we should mention the other uh, site you mentioned too, which I encourage people to check out. And if they'd like to support your efforts and your efforts of the other person you work with, what's that way to reach you? Well, there's actually a, a button at the top oh. of astralmovies.com that says um, become a patron. So if you click on that orange button, it'll take you right to the Patreon page. And then, um, yeah, then you, then you can start linking your bank account with my bank account. <laughs> and we'll be, we'll be fast friends. <laughs> okay. I've done it. So is Mike and Mike, same thing too. If folks want to get in touch with you, what's the best bet? Just through Facebook. Or through you, you know, we always have a lot of connection with helping each other out. But uh, you can find me through Blaine's blog or just go on Facebook, Mike Martinelli, and send me a Facebook request. Okay. And I want to thank you guys both because I just love this discussion of, of movies. And I used to make a point to see everything and now I hardly see anything. So thanks. Mike keeps me informed and Edwin, you keep me informed as well. So I want to thank you both for uh, being my guests on the special edition of the Blaine's World podcast. We'll also like to thank my uh, producer, Cappy Tassetti, and we'll hopefully see you guys in person sometime in the near future. Thanks, guys. Thanks, thank guys.